Hello! Welcome back to the Lib Bay Podcast. I'm your host, Kerwin, a.k.a. Book Bay, a.k.a. your favorite literary thaddy. My pronouns are they, them, and this is a mostly bookish podcast, but I'll be talking about other shit, too. Also, I curse a lot. Get into it! Um, I am Lib Bay Pod on Instagram and TikTok. I don't know if we're going to keep doing the YouTube, y'all, because the YouTube is a lot of work for a one-person show. Um, so, yeah, just know Lib Bay Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Honestly, I haven't put nothing new on the Instagram and TikTok either um, in, like, months. Because all of this shit just takes so much time. And I don't understand how people be having full social lives and they be influencers and doing all this other stuff. I be like, well, how do y'all have time to post all this stuff? It's the, the amount of things that we as people do. I'm just like, where do where do we find the time? And really the audacity. Where do we find it? Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. If you're looking for more information on how to read books for free or how to resist Amazon while you're on your reading journey, please check the information in my show notes. I have referral codes and information on different apps, such as Libby. Libby is one of the library apps that I use. Um, as long as you have your library card, you can put your put in your library card credentials. Once you do that, you can take out ebooks and audiobooks uh, for the a lot of time. I think it's two weeks for Libby app, and then on Hoopla, um, I so I talk about Hoopla all the time. But as y'all know, I just recently started actually using Hoopla, and I fucking love it. So Hoopla is another library app, and Hoopla, girl, Hoopla lets you take out books for 21 days not the 14 like Libby ooh. 21 days 21 21 days and not only can you take out like ebooks audiobooks you can also like watch movies on there listen to music on there like I, I believe I saw that they had like a- Abbott Elementary on there maybe just the first season or something like that so like you could really you could take some stuff out and there's no wait there's no like wait listing because you know sometimes sometimes on Libby when a popular book comes out they always got like, oh, you're going to be waiting for this book for 45 weeks? Not on Hoopla. And I don't know how they be doing that. But I was like, ooh, giving Libby a run for their money. <laughs> but I support both library apps because, you know, I, I love books and I love the library. And I'm going to do everything I can to support the library, my local library. Yes, I am. Uh, next up, we got Libro.fm, which is an all-audiobook platform. So this is where you can buy audiobooks that you can own to have and to hold forever. Uh, <laughs> and when you buy audiobooks from Libro.fm, you actually are supporting um, a local books or local or independent bookstore of your choosing. So whatever, however much money you spend from there, a part of that money goes to supporting your local independent bookstores, which is actually pretty awesome. There is also bookshop.org, which you can buy ebooks, audiobooks, physical books with large print, physical books with regular print. Um, did I say audiobooks? Did I say ebooks? All of it. You can buy every format of book on there, but these books uh, or the money that you spend on bookshop.org, again, go to... Um, Supporting independent and local bookstores, which I think is also very cool. Um, what else we got? Pango Books, which is a it's an app that you can put on your phone, your iPad, your tablet, whatever. And it's basically where you can buy other people's books that they're trying to sell to you, or you can sell your own books. You're like, oh yeah, I'm going through my TBR. You know, I already read these books. I'm not gonna read them again. Let me put them up here and make a little bag. You can make a bag, you know, selling books. You can do it. It can be done. So um, I, I buy books from Pango Books. I sell books on Pango Books. I love Pango Books. That's something that I use. Um, and I have nothing but great things to say about Pango Books. I haven't had any issues yet. And I've been using it for about, like, you know, over a little, I feel like a little over a year. Or maybe a little bit more. So I like it. And then the next thing I want to talk about is Storygraph. So the Storygraph is a, it, you can use it on your phone, your laptop, your tablet, whatever, but it's a great way to track your reading. It's a great way to do buddy reads with other people. They give you these really awesome stats too about like what genres you read the most, what authors you read the most. Do you read books that are over 500 books more or do you, or 500 pages? Do you read books that are under 300 pages usually? Like it's really cool. I love the stats that they give you, but it's just like book tracking and you can do you can write your reviews, you can read reviews. 
leave reviews, all of that good stuff. So I really enjoy the story graph and I think that the story graph and Libro.fm are great alternatives to um, some of those Amazon businesses that we have, right? So for Libro.fm, which is the the audiobook formatted, the audiobook place to buy audiobooks, <laughs> that is a great alternative to using Audible, which is owned by Amazon. And then the story graph is a great alternative to using Goodreads which is owned by Amazon. And the cool thing about the story graph is that if you have been using Goodreads for years and you're like, oh, but all my stuff is on here, all my, you know, all my, all my information, all my book data is on here, they have an easy way for you to transfer that stuff right over to the story graph so you don't have to be a Goodreads girly anymore. You don't have to be one of the Goodreads girls. You can be the story graph girls. I love the story graph because it's black woman owned, um, black woman in tech, hello. And um, I just, I like the format. I like the stats. I'm here for the stats. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to support them. And it's a free, it's a free thing that you can use, free program that you can use. And they do have an option where you can pay $4.99 a month. So that's like five bucks a month to keep them independent to keep them, you know, up to date on all of the user interface things that they would need to make the site better. So, like, there's ways to, you know, kind of do your part and really support the app so that we can keep it independent and we're not, like, bombarded with all these useless ads that we don't need. So, you know, if you got an extra $5 a month, you might want to hand over to the story graph. But I'm not telling you how to use your money because I know you're a financial baddie and you know what you got to do. But if you got the extra $5, I'll be like, ball out. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, so yeah, as I mentioned earlier, uh, this podcast gets E for explicit because I be cussing, child. I be cussing. Yes. Hello there. That was an awkward stop right there because I realized I had not picked the word of the day so that we're, you know, learning. We got to grow our vocabulary, right? So I went ahead and picked, it's actually two words. It's actually, I guess you could say it's phrase. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about bodily autonomy. Bodily autonomy is the right for a person to govern what happens to their body without external influence or coercion. I feel like that's the definition and that's my sentence and I'm sticking to it. Let's get into the books, baby. Okay, so the books that I want to talk about today, I got, oh, oh, ooh, we got two nonfictions for you today and one fiction. So the first nonfiction I want to talk about that I read this month is The Sugar Jar. Creating Boundaries, Embrace Self-Healing, and Enjoy the Sweet Things in Life. So wellness advocate and self-healing coach Yasmin Cheyenne offers a powerful guide for setting boundaries to self-heal and choose joy. From the exhaustion of performing for others as we walk through life to the need to be the strong one in hard moments, we all experience roadblocks to truly setting healthy boundaries for ourselves. Cheyenne uses her, signi- her signature metaphor of the sugar jar in which we are the jar and the sugar is our energy and we strive to maintain a healthy lid or boundary as a tool for helping us protect our energy and identify patterns and what depletes us and what restores us. This book came at just the right time for me. Um, I bought this book months ago and I was like, yeah, I'll get to it one day, you know, blah, 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 da, 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 you know how I be. Um, and I'm really glad that I, I like, it was weird because I, what, I think I had just gotten done reading like The Body is an Apology or something and I was like, I feel called to read The Sugar Jar. I feel called to, like, read something about creating boundaries. And, you know, especially me, I would say at the beginning of this year especially, like, I started, I I told y'all, I started Q1 off real strong, quarter one of the year, Q1. We started off going to to shows every night, trying to go to multiple events in one evening. Like, you know, I was booked and busy socially, and I wasn't really giving myself a break, and so I burnt myself out, like, mid-year, because I was always constantly saying yes, 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 yes to everything that people were inviting me to. And I wasn't checking in with myself. And so this book was really awesome um, because I had been feeling that burnout. And I had been feeling like, and then I think like once I started saying no to more things and just like staying home or, you know, opting to read a book instead or just, you know, do me. I was like, oh, now I have FOMO because I'm on Instagram and I'm seeing all these people and their stories. You, you know, they out here with the drinks and the ah, ah. You know, they out here having a good time and I'm at home in my pajamas by 7 p.m. with my pure, my pear secco. Yes, I'm drinking. I'm drinking this drink. It's what is it called? It's called pear secco. It's a bubbly dry cider, hard cider, obviously. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I'm it's 7 p.m. I got my pear secco hair skin routine done. Hair moisturized, scalp moisturized, 
I, I moisturize. I don't put the cocoa butter on, the body oils. I am ready to go to bed. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm staying in the house. Don't nobody call me. I'm in the house. But I have FOMO because I'm like, everybody else doing something. Why am I not doing something? But I needed to, like, I needed to, I don't know, start doing that JOMO. You know what I'm saying? That joy of missing out. Period. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was I even fucking saying? Oh, yeah. So I like this book a lot because it really highlighted for me, like, why do you say yes to certain invitations? And why do you say no to certain invitations? Like, when you say yes to, like, things that people ask you to do, are you saying yes because you have the capacity to go, you have the mental capacity to go? Do you want to go? Do you feel like if you don't go, people going to stop inviting you to things? If you don't go, you're going to hurt somebody's feelings? Stuff like that. And it was just, like, stuff you had to really think about. And I was like, wow, like, this is really resonating for me right now. Other things that really resonated for me in the book was also, oh, forgiveness. And how when people wrong you, um, you know, if you're choosing forgiveness, knowing that it is going to be difficult because forgiveness releases you, not the other person. But forgiveness is really fucking hard. It is really hard. Um, yeah, and it's just, I don't know. I There's just so many noteworthy gems in this in sections in this book it's tabbed up it's highlighted there's just so much that resonated with me it talks about a lot more um but i think that everybody you know especially getting back out here into the world starting to go out more because things are you know opened up after you know things are opening up i should say um and people are getting back out into the real world you know into the real world we're out here in these streets the streets are calling our names like so I feel like sometimes we feel that pressure of like, oh, we have to go to everything because we've been locked. You know, we've been locked down for that t that amount of time, the dark times, as people like to call it. And now we're like, we have to say yes to everything. Ah, you know, and it's like, no, you don't. So I really like this book. It's called The Sugar Jars by Yasmin. Uh, Yasmin. Yasmin Cheyenne. Why I say Yasmin? Is that out? Is her name Yasmin? I'm going to go with Yasmin. Her name is Yasmin Cheyenne, um, The Sugar Jar. And, if, you know, I think this book is actually it's under 300 pages. I think it's like 266 or something like that, 266 pages. It's not a bad read at all. And I really took my time with the book, too, because um, some chapters after I got done, I really had to sit with them. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, journal prompts in here, too. So if you're really trying to, like, maximize what you get out of this book, take the time to do the journal prompts that resonate with you, the ones that you feel called to Maybe you feel called to do them all, but, I mean, the book is pure magic. It's a very good book. It was a very good read. All right, next up, we got How to Resist Amazon and Why, The Fight for Local Economies, Data Privacy, Fair Labor, Independent Bookstores, and a People-Powered Future by Danny Kane, the owner of the Raven Bookstore. This book was actually really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. Every, you know... Again, when you when it comes to nonfiction, you take what resonates and you take what doesn't. But overall, I feel like this book was very good. And I also feel like this book was very geared. It was geared towards like all aspects of, you know, things that Amazon has its fingers in. But I think it really talked about like how Amazon is affecting like local and independent bookstores specifically, especially when it comes to pricing. Because when you go to Amazon and you're looking for like the books, like especially newer bestsellers and things like that, you'll find the book for maybe $12, $13. Whereas, you know, especially hardback books. And then when you go to a local bookstore, they're selling it for full price, $28. And, you know, hardback books can be $28, $30, um, $32. If you got the sixteen nineteen project, I believe that book was like 40 something. Yeah. So, you know, and like people are like, well, why would I spend this much money here, you know, why would I spend this much money here at this local bookstore instead when I can get the book for like, you know, $12 on Amazon and it's going to be at my house in two hours, like girl, bye, you know. So, but, we, you know, we talk about some of the dangers of that. Something that really stuck out to me, which was really interesting in this book, was they were talking about Amazon and um, what do you call those things? Um, unions. And they were talking about the different ways that Amazon tries to union bus they try to they like really go above and beyond to make sure that their employees are not unionizing because they don't want that that's really going they don't want that shit um amazon went as far <laughs> as to hire spies bitch that's right they hired spies 
to spy on their employees to see like who was talking about organizing, who was talking <laughs> organizing, <laughs> who was talking about organizing, who was talking about you know creating a union stuff like that. Like they were really trying to put a put a stop to that. And I just thought that that was hilarious. And Amazon was like, you know what we gonna do to bust the unions? We gonna hire spies, my nigga. That's crazy, isn't that wild? Um, a lot more happens in this book, and you learn a lot about like. Um, you know, like, what's that thing they got? The ring or whatever? That little thing that, like, you can take... It's the little video camera that people be having on their doors or whatever. And you can kind of track it from your phone and see who's at your door and all that. See who's at your window or whatever uh, while you're not at home. Yeah, just just different things like that. Especially when it comes to, I guess, like, you know, our privacy and uh, Amazon working with, like, local police enforcement. Um, and just people hacking in and causing havoc within, you know... It's 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 a yeah, you know I'm, that's all I'm gonna say. Really, I hope I had you as spies because I said not these niggas hiring spies. Yeah, but the niggas hired spies. I was like, that's wild to me. Um, and they also tell you what um which companies, you know, are under Amazon and they. I think I'm trying to see because I like the way that this was worded. It wasn't like. If you shop at Amazon, you're a bad person. That's not what they were. That's not what they were like trying to do. They were just saying if you're already kind of uncomfortable with some of Amazon's business practices and you are looking for ways to, you know, resist Amazon or at least start to resist Amazon, this is the book for you. And I I really think that's great because I think sometimes on the internet we get a little hot with the sensa- with the sensationalizations. Oh, I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> We be a little sensational sometimes when we're talking about stuff that we, you know, we don't fuck with, we don't really like and stuff like that. And so I like that this was not like, if you still shop at Amazon, you're bad. Like, I think it was, you know, I think at sometimes at some points in the book, it was a little sensational. But I think that the author was just very passionate. But I think they also made a lot of really good points as well. And sources cited. So you can check the site or check the sources yourself. Um. But overall, it's a short book. It's a short read. Um, the book is 111 pages. So it's a very quick read. Um, and it's very interesting. And if you're somebody who is like, I want, I really want to start my journey in resisting Amazon. especially like maybe in small ways or, you know, to start. And then I can work my way up to bigger ways later. This, I think that this is like the great like jump off point. I think that's a good... I think that's a good jump off point. So the name of that book is How to Resist Amazon and Why, The Fight for Local Economies, Data Privacy, and Fair Labor, Independent Bookstores, and a People-Powered Future by Danny Kane. Not Danity Kane. Showstopper. Show, showstopper. But um, Danny Kane. Yes. Um, and then my fiction book that I reread and I'm so happy that I reread. It is The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, which I have talked about before. It is by Deisha Phil, y'all. I, the second time reading this book, because I read this book back in 2021, the second time reading this book, I fell in love with it all over again. So basically, The Secret Lives of Church Ladies uh, is a book of short stories about different black women, different black queer people who... Um, grew up in the church or how the church and religion organized religion has affected them in their day-to-day lives how it affects their relationships with their family their lovers themselves um this book it, I, I would say this is some of the most authentic writing i have ever written in my life um i don't know i feel like reading this book just once is not enough i feel like i i just finished this book yesterday again for the second time and i just remember like after each story i took a minute and i was like damn that was good like i just really took my time i didn't rush through it because the book is only like 178 pages or 176 pages so it's not too long and it's a book of short stories the cover is beautiful um but yeah this is um this is one of this is one of my favorite books I've ever read in my life. Um, and I wanted to reread it again. And I'll just read the back of the book for y'all and then we'll move on. So The Secret Lives of Church Ladies explores the raw and tender places where black women and girls dare to follow their desires and pursue a momentary reprieve from being good. The nine stories in this collection feature four generations of characters grappling with who they want to be in the world, caught as they are between the church's double standards and their own needs and passions. 
There is 14-year-old Jael, we love Jael, who has a crush on the preacher's wife. At 42, Lyra realizes that her discomfort with her own body stands between her and a new love. As Y2K looms, Carletta's same time next year arrangement with her child best friend is tenuous. A serial mistress lays down the ground rules for her married lovers. In the dark shadows of a hospice parking lot, grieving strangers find comfort in each other. With their secret longings, new love, and forbidden affairs, these church ladies are as seductive as they want to be, as vulnerable as they need to be, as unfaithful and unrepentant as they care to be, and as free as they deserve to be. This, I mean, The Secret Life of Church Ladies by Deisha Filia. It's a great read. Everybody should read it. It's a short read. You can take your time. It's short stories, so it's like a story a day, a story a week, a story every couple months, whatever you want to do. But each story packs a punch and each story is written so authentically um if i was if i was somebody who rated books five out of five stars this would be a five out of five star read for me because it's perfection as far as i'm concerned i'm i have no notes no crumbs were left disha ate and that's just what it is Okay, so next up we have the music section, and I'm just going to talk about Carrie Foe with Real Bitches Don't Die. That is the name of the album. The name of the first track on the song is Real Bitches Don't Die, which I love. Some of my other favorite tracks on the album on this project are H-Town, Me First, Turning Heads. Turning Heads is a bop. And Turning Heads, like if you're having like a little off day where you're like, oh, like I'm feeling a little whatever, seeing that in the mirror. I'm turning his eye, and I said, ooh, ooh, I'm turning his eye. I was like, ooh. Um, I, I like Dog, and I like White, I really like White Caprice, and then it has a feature from Gangsta Boo, R.I.P. to Gangsta Boo, and I really like Drunk Words, Sober Thoughts, and I really like her, the how she ended that song. There's a little thing that said, I woke up today, and I'm feeling some type of way. They asked me how I feel and I ain't got shit to say. And I was like, when I was when I was sad over that they them earlier this month, I was like, I had that part of the song on repeat because I was just like, I ain't got shit to say. Yeah. So it's a really great album. I think that this is this is the first album of Carrie Foes that I've listened to all the way through. So I'm really excited to actually revisit some of her earlier works, which I meant to do years ago, but I just never did. But, you know, this is an album that made me be like, oh, maybe I'll I'll start to revisit that you know, very soon. So yeah, I, and it really felt like this album was very personal to like her life and it was just like a lot of storytelling and I really enjoyed like her little, they weren't like interludes per se, but they were just like little moments in between each song where there's like talking and you know, I don't know, but I liked it. I liked, I liked what was going on on this album for sure. So I have not been watching too much TV um, or, you know, I haven't been streaming, I haven't been watching a lot of, like, uh, use, or no, 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 I haven't been watching a lot of, like, Netflix, or, like, Hulu, and stuff like that this time around, I really kind of turned to YouTube and pivoted, um, I would say I'm not really watching, like, YouTube, and or, not, oh my god, not YouTube, Netflix is what I meant to say, I haven't been watching a ton of Netflix, um, because I see what they're doing, um, I, a couple episodes back, I did talk about the writer strikes, and, like, I, you know, I talked a little bit about it and I included some resources if you want to go back to that one, but I'm really seeing the effects of like that, especially on Netflix. Netflix is really pushing, especially over the summer, like May, June, they were really pushing um, reality TV super hard because you don't need actors, nor do you need, you know, writers for reality TV. You just let people go off, right? So... You know, now what I'm noticing is that they're going to the vaults because I noticed they put the Wiz on Netflix and I was like, y'all ain't never had the Wiz on here. So what's good? Yeah. So they're really going into the vaults and they're, I think they're trying to pull at some heartstrings and be like, oh yeah, remember this movie? Remember? Remember? And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So I just think it's really interesting and I'm actually really curious to see what's going to happen um, if they don't figure this out and pay their people, what's going to happen? Because I was like, prime television, stre you know, streaming time is... I would say, like, starting in September when it starts to get a little bit chillier, depending on where you are, but that's like that fall, you know, that fall, winter TV watching where all the good shows come out. I'm really interested to see what they're going to come up with because I'm like, you ain't going to catch a lot of people with that reality TV, so I'm, I'm perplexed as to what they're going to do. 
Um, but I've been seeing a lot of things. I've been seeing a lot of actors um, on TikTok and things like that sharing their story about like, you know, of course they get paid per episode for what they're going to do, but they're supposed to get royalties from those things too, depending on how many people watch them. And some actors are actors and actresses are getting what three dollars in royalties, sixty nine cents in royalties and stuff like that. And these are for like really big shows like P Valley. Um, what's the other show? Abbott Elementary, things like that. So it's like they're not getting their royalties. And I think it's because also like when you start streaming things, I guess they're just not willing to pay as much as when things were like on cable and whatever, whatever. I don't know. But I'm really seeing the shift in like programming on there too. So I, I have pivoted a little bit more to YouTube. Um, and I've been watching some really cool stuff on YouTube that I wanted to share. So I got quite a few videos here, but bear with me. So, I watched A Short History of Naughty Literature and Zane, and that was a, uh, a video that was done by Intellectual Media. If you know me, you know that I love Intellectual Media. We love Lex over here. They do really great video essays that are just super informative, and they're very well-researched. Sources cited, they also have a $1 Patreon, and that's what you can pay to basically support them. Um, support them and their team and their content and things like that and I really appreciate all of their work and I love reading about like I love reading well I love reading like smut and like erotica and you know sexy ass stories so like I was really like hooked with that one because I, I love reading my erotica I love listening to like audio porn and things like that so like I'm really I'm into the whole thing and I love that we really got like a kind of like a little a deep dive into the author Zane, and I don't know if, well, if you a nigga, you know who Zane is. Like, Zane is very much known for writing the smuttiest of smut. They write erotica for the, for the niggas. This is for the niggas. This is for the niggas. Yes. So, I, I was hooked. I love the video, and I actually, I don't think the video is actually that long either, um, but it was very informative. Um, and it also talks about um, Anne Rice. And if some of y'all don't know, Anne Rice actually got a, uh, what do they call it? I don't know if it's called a moniker, but she has a name that she, another name that she writes under for her dirty books. She's, um, oh, what is it? It's like Roca, it's, some, it's something, something Rocalaire. It's like, I forgot, I forgot. But um, her Beauty and the Beast erotica that she wrote. People loved it. I know my sister talked about it. One of my sisters talked about really loving it. Um, and I don't know. I I might I might get into it or whatever. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. But anyway, um, another video I was watching was Androgynous Party and Dinner Outfit Ideas, What I Wear in a Week, number four. And that was by, of course, Jay Fox. I love Jay Fox content on YouTube. I talk about Jay Fox also a lot on this, on this podcast because... I just, I don't know, I feel so connected to them, but not in, like, a intrusive way. Like, I just really love their content, and I love their authenticity, and I love, I love their outfits. I love that they put together, like, a lot of, you know, they really do focus on, like, androgynous fashion. I love it. And I think that they're hilarious without even trying. And our birthdays are, like, a day apart, so I'm like, you know, Leo, Leo recognizes Leo. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Was, oh, what do they say at the end of, like, yoga classes? Like, it's like, I honor the teacher in you or something like that. Or it's like, I honor the Leo in you. <laughs> I have to figure out what that thing was. They used to say that. Like, oh, the Leo in me honors the Leo in you. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> but okay, but anyway, anyway. Um, I'm not trying to be offensive, I swear. Um, but let me see. Next up, I've been getting really into Trixie and Katya. Um, I always like, I always read their, or not read, I always watch their content like in passing. I, I don't say I would read it, I don't say I would like look at it a lot, but they are very funny, especially together. So the two videos that I watched, um, I watched them react to Black Mirror, the episode Jonah's Awful specifically. Um, and child, it was hilarious. It was so funny. And also I watched them react to the ultimatum queer love. And that was hilarious. If you have not watched them, uh, react to different shows on Netflix, I think that is hilarious. They have it on YouTube and they are hilarious. Um, how many times am I going to say, how many times am I going to say hilarious? I don't know. 
Um, should we start a count? I don't know. But both of those videos made me laugh. Um, and I needed that laugh, Lord. <laughs> um, next up, I watched A Black People's History of Parties, which was also by Intellectual Media. And there she um, deep dived into black people and parties throughout the years. Um, she discussed things like Freaknik. She discussed other things. I think they're called like rent parties and stuff like that. Oh, it was very good. Um, it was a very good and informational, informational video, um, if you're interested in how black people party throughout the years, throughout history. Next up, I watched Sex in Teen Programming, How Much is Too Much by Khadija Mbabwe. Mbawe. I talk about Khadija all the time. I love their content. They also do long form essay videos, video essays, um, and I'm a fan. And I thought this video was actually very good and it gave me a lot to think about because they talked about shows like, you know, Euphoria and shows like uh, Sex Education and things like that. And it really does make you think like, okay, you know, people are trying to take sex education out of schools, but I'm like, because they think it's about like sex, but I'm like, it's about so much more than that. It's about knowing your body, you know, knowing what your body goes through every month. If you have periods, you really get to understand that. But like, sometimes I feel like people think that, oh, these people have periods, I don't need to know about that. But it's like, you should know about that. Even if you don't have periods, you should still know what a period is and how it works. The more you know, really. But it's, I know it's about more than periods too. However, um, that was just an example. But I thought that video was very good. And also I'm gonna link all of these in my show notes, so do not fear. You're gonna have so much great content to watch on YouTube while you're not watching Netflix or HBO or Hulu or any of those other niggas. Um, let me see. And these are, oh my gosh. So both of these next videos, I watched, actually I watched them like a couple months ago, but I felt like I needed to rewatch them because I really enjoyed them. And I really enjoy when black queer people just be talking about regular ass shit. I love it. So let me see. This one is called being anti-romance, weird films, fuckboy behavior, etc. Um, and it's an episode of super time, which is which are episodes on YouTube that are by Arrows and Jade Fox. They do a lot of content together. They do these videos called Super Time where they sit and they talk about different things or they might talk about one topic or something like that. But um, it's always very funny. It's always very like enlightening. I always feel like I learned something new and I just really enjoy their chemistry too. You can tell that they're best friends and that they really respect each other and I just really appreciate it. Um, and so the other video is not studs, not fems, we gay different, <laughs> black queer masculinity combos, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed a lot. And this is also another episode of Super Time um, with Arrows and Jade Fox. Um, and then the last video I wanted to talk about was uh, Forced to Dress as Your Biological Gender by Cat Black. Now, Cat Black is a very well-known uh, trans YouTuber, YouTube content creator. Um, I've been following them for years. I really like their content. Um, but I thought this video was very interesting because they put something on my radar. So especially when we were talking about a lot of the anti-trans like legislation, especially around like, I think what we were talking about was this, maybe Florida, but I think they were talking about the, the drag bands and things in Tennessee specifically at the time when this video came out. They were talking about like, what are people going to consider drag? And you know how like sometimes women, cisgender straight women, they don't fuck with skirts and dresses. They just want to wear pants and button ups and polos and shit because they're like, and loafers because they're like, yeah, like this is why I feel comfortable and da da da. But they're very much straight. You know, they're very much just like, I just, you know, function over fashion always. So they're like, how far does it go? To where they're kind of walking things back for like a straight woman who is like, oh yeah, I fuck with, you know, the trouser pant and a polo and some loafers, but is that going to be seen as drag? Because that's just what that person feels comfortable in, but that's not necessarily reading as, oh, I'm a woman. So it's just like, how far is too far for these drag bands and what does it really mean for like the average person? Um, and how do you determine, you know what I mean? Like, how do you police that? So I thought it was really interesting and I... I can't believe that I didn't talk about this video sooner because I, I watched it like months ago. Um, and I just, it always just kind of stuck with me because I was like, damn, yeah, how are they going to police that? 
And like, what are they going to start to consider as drag? And that's just going to be kind of another way that they use clothing, you know, or our appearance to police our bodies of like, oh no, like if you say you're a woman, then you need to be in this or do you need to be in that? Or what's, what's, you know, uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it, but only a little bit. Cause actually I know I made some big promises in that last, in that last uh, episode that I made. I was like, oh, we're going to talk about the orcas. Oh, we're going to talk about the billionaires in the, in the, in the, in the ocean. Oh, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about that. I started to put this episode together, y'all. And I was like, this is so distressing. I was like, the amount of stuff that I said that I was going to talk about. And I was like, putting that episode together, I was like, this is a completely different show from what I do. And I was like, I think it is very important that we know what the fuck's going on in this country. And we know what's going on with things that affect us or not. But I was like, it's not my job to be a fucking anchor person and just telling y'all all this bad news. Like, you know what I mean? And it doesn't make me feel good. And especially when it comes to like queer issues and like, you know, all of this legislation that is like coming, like, it's just like really just, just every day is just something new. And this is stuff that like is affecting me. And I was just like, I, if I got to read another motherfucking story from another motherfucking bigot about what they think biology is or whatever, whatever, I was just like, I'm going to die. So, I can't do this anymore. And so, I was like, I'm just going to keep this shit short and sweet. And I'm going to give y'all... Obviously, I'm going to give y'all the, the articles if y'all choose to read them. But for me, I was like, I got to put I gotta put me first, Lucius. I got to put my mental health first. Because I can't. I can't be out here. I can't be out here doing this. I got I to gotta, I gotta stay strong for my niggas. I got to stay strong for my queer niggas. I got to stay strong for my trans niggas. I got to stay strong for us. And I was like, me putting all this shit together when the when the internet and this asshole is free. I'm so sorry. I was like, this is not my job. And I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this for, and I don't know why I made them big promises. And uh, this is where the sugar jar comes in because ain't nobody asked me to do this. And so, but I felt like, oh no, I gotta do this, and I don't have to do this. So I'm gonna talk very briefly, and then I'm gonna give y'all some resources, and y'all can do it yourself. You can do it yourself, or you can not do it yourself. Is the choice is yours. All right, y'all. So this is just some news to be aware of, but this is not new news by any means. Um, but we're gonna talk a little. I'm just gonna give you a little bit of a little bit of a blurb about the Supreme Court limiting LGBTQ plus protections and dispute over services for same sex marriages. Um, basically, a Christian web designer uh, has First Amendment rights to refuse to create websites for same sex marriages. The Supreme Court ruled Friday in a decision that. Oh, well, Friday. <laughs> LOL. They did that right after uh, Pride Month. I said, ooh, savage. Um, in a decision that dilutes legal protections for LGBTQ people, people LGBT, the Liga Bigga Tiggas, um, Liga Bigga Tiqua people, <laughs> that's me and my people, um, by a 6-3 vote, the justices sided with Lori Smith and an evangelist, oh my God, an evangelical Christian and Colorado web designer who opposes same-sex marriage. Colorado law bars business businesses from discriminating on the basis of sexual orientation, but Smith argued that the free speech guarantee of the federal constitution entitles her to an exemption from that law. The high court's conservatives agreed. They ruled that Smith has a right to offer design services for opposite-sex weddings while refusing those services for same-sex weddings. What I will say about that is that there are also queer... Uh, web designers that you can support that are not tone deaf. Um, I don't have an exhaustive list because I didn't look, but if, I'm sure a quick, a quick little googly googly search will do you good. Um, we don't need to support niggas like this at all. So I'm just like, I would say, I know this isn't like, I know that's not the solution, but it's a solution. It is, it is a thing that we can do. It is one small small move, one small, strong step in the right direction. But I know that's not the answer to the whole problem. I get it. Moving on. Um, what was I going to talk about next? Oh, my God. So, in, in very recently, we had this person called Jess Hilarious. Um with her very transphobic rant. Now, I did not listen to the entire rant, 
And Jess Hilarious has been in the news before, I think it was years ago, for saying something else that was fucked up. And I don't remember because I don't think that Jess is as, is, is as hilarious as she thinks she is. I don't think she's that funny. Um, personally. And I don't really keep up with what she does. But I do remember her being under fire before for saying some fucked up shit before. And here she goes again. And so she went on a transphobic rant. And I don't need to sit here and defend or offend anyone else um, People are doing that on TikTok. People are doing that on Instagram. People are educating. People are educating on there. People that are um, committed to putting out content that is, you know, for the LGBTQ community, specifically trans and non-binary people. Those, those factual things are out there. You just have to look for them. Um, and there are plenty of resources that you can find yourself. And it's not my job to give them to you. Um, but I did want to say that I think that the transphobia has gone very far. I read a story recently where we're talking about a cisgender woman who was murdered by a man who thought that she was transgender because she, quote unquote, was acting like a man. Whatever the fuck that means. Um, and he, uh, slit her throat and she was a cis woman who was not trans, but she was quote unquote acting like a man. And the guy that did it said, I would do it again. These are the niggas that we're dealing with. They're very dangerous. Um, you know, they, they you know, they, just, they, just, they take things into their own hands and I'm just like, you could just mind your business. But now we have a lost soul for no reason. Um, I will put the stories in the show notes so you can read them yourselves. I have two stories on that specifically. You can read them yourself. Now, what I did want to talk about quickly, because I think that everyone should read this journal. Everyone should read this article. The article is titled Human and Civil Rights in the Nursing Profession, History as a Guide to Navigate Advocacy in Nursing. Now, I know you like... Curry, you ain't no nurse. I'm not a nurse. But I think that this, there is something to be learned from this very important essay. Um, basically, I will summarize it for you, but you still need to, this is your homework. You need to go ahead and read this article yourself, and it will be linked in the, in the show notes. Um, but basically, this person who is a nurse of some kind, she works in the uh medical industries and they were supposed to have a some kind of what do you call those things god damn they were supposed to have a a convention of sort no i don't think convention is the word We'll just call it a convention, but I'm sure there's a better word for this. A conference, that's what the better word is. They were supposed to have a conference-themed psychiatric mental health nurses, novel ideas, moving whole health forward, inclusion, diversity, equity, access, destigmatization. And it was supposed to be held in Orlando, Florida in October 2023. And basically this person noticed, I think on a Facebook post or something like that, where a lot of white people were against going to this because they were like well do you see all the stuff that florida is doing uh with with black people and trans people and the lgbtq blah, blah 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 like we shouldn't be having this uh conference in florida we can't support florida and so you know florida is hot right now because they're you know desantis is doing desantis shit um, and it is affecting reproductive rights, racial justice, LGBTQ plus rights, immigration. Um, she even goes as far as to talk about some of the things that are changing. So I'll just go ahead and read that part to you. On April 22nd, 2022, the Stop Woke Act, woke is wrong to our kids and employees, was approved to prevent educational institutions and companies from teaching students and workers, respectively, anything that might cause anybody to experience shame, anguish, or any kind of psychological distress due to race, color, sex, or national origin. 
The Heartbeat Protection Act, approved by the Florida legislature on April 13, 2023, makes abortion illegal after the sixth week of pregnancy unless the mother is a victim of rape, incest, or human trafficking, or has received a terminal diagnosis of fetal abnormalities. An immigration bill passed on May 2, 2023, Senate Bill 1718, prohibits counties and cities from providing funds to any person, entity, or organization to issue identification documents to individuals who do not have proof of lawful presence in the United States, including specific driver's license and driver's licenses and permits issued by other states wholly to unauthorized, unauthorized immigrants not valid in Florida. Hospitals and businesses must inquire about document immigration status. Senate Bill 266 was passed on May 3rd, 2023, restricting public universities from funding diversity, equality, and inclusion projects that the governor's office deems discriminatory. Senate Bill 254, Treatments for Sex Reassignment, was passed on May 4th, 2023, banning, banning gender-affirming care and prohibiting health care providers from administering puberty blockers and hormone therapy to transgender minors. So these are the niggas that we are dealing with. And so what I'm going to say, because you still, your homework is to read this article. And you don't have to do anything else. You just have to read it. And if you don't get it the first time around, read it again. But what I, what really struck me was, you know, this black woman who was in, you know, psychiatric mental health. She was saying, us by not going, or not us, but like, the, well, yeah, us, sure. By not going to Florida, where were they going? Orlando, Florida. Because of these things specifically is not helping the issue. Because most of the people that live and work in service jobs, food service, things like that, things that you would, you know, people that work at the hospital, you know, per people that work in hospitality, people that are going to be helping you with your bags, people that will be serving you your food, people that are going to make sure that you're okay, things like that. Those are black people. Those are brown people. Those are niggas. Those are queer niggas. You know, you're not hurting the people with money. You're hurting the people who are just trying to make a living by not going. And I was like, I talked about it with my sister and we decided collectively that the, the, the best thing you could do if they were really going to go forth with this thing in Orlando, Florida, and you have free time, one of the most radical things you could fucking do is go to a fucking drag show, a black-ass drag show, and pay some motherfucking rents. Throw some cash and dollars while you're there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think it's enough to just be like, oh, I'm not going to Florida because they're racist and they don't like gay people. Because racists and people that don't like gay people are everywhere. They're in every state. They're in Virginia, they're in Illinois, they're in Missouri, they're in Oregon, they're in Washington, they're in California. None of these states are above the law. No matter where you go, people are racist and anti-blackness is global. Don't forget. So I'm just like, I don't know that this is the time for us to be having selective outrage. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you are going to places like, oh, you're having a conference in Florida. Now it's different if you're just like, I don't fuck with Florida because it's too hot. I get that. I mean, yeah, don't go to Florida. Fuck it. But if you're saying, like, oh, Florida don't like niggas, and they don't like gay people, and they don't want trans people to thrive, no state does. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, we got to be, we got to think a little better here. So I think that it's, if you're going to go to these places that are doing fucked up shit legislation-wise especially, that are passing things that are like passing into law and it's fucked up, especially when you go to places like Tennessee and things like that, go to fucking drag shows. Go to fucking queer uh, burlesque shows. Like, you know, and if they feel like talking to you after the show, talk to them and maybe ask them what they need. Ask them how you can help. Do they need lunch? If you got it to, you know, if you got it to, to spend or whatever, like pay some rent. Like I said, throw them dollars, pay some rent. Be their lottery tonight, as Janelle Monet says. But like, you can't just turn your back on these people because I'm like, the people with money in these states are going to be fine. The, the people that are working in service jobs and in food and hospitality, you're hurting them. And those are the people being affected by the legislation as well. So that's just something I wanted to put on the radar. Um, 
But y'all should read this article. It will be in the uh, show notes. That's your homework. But the article is called Human and Civil Rights in the Nursing Profession. History as a Guide to Navigate Advocacy in Nursing. It was very good. And it's not that long of a read. So get your life. And when you're done, pass it on. Send it to send it to your best friend and be like, oh, this article was awesome. You should read it. Yeah. Be one of them niggas. Send articles to your friends. Educate your friends. Especially those friends where you're like, oh, I don't know really where they stand politically. This is a great article to send to them niggas and see what they got to say. Be like, oh, yeah, let's discuss. And discuss. And discuss. Yes. Do it. Okay. But I think that's all I have for this episode because I was like, I'll be damned if I'm going to make myself more upset going through every single shitty ass, shitty booty ass uh, news story that we got going on. I said, I won't be doing it. Um, I, uh, my, it's Leo season. Hello. Uh, my birthday's coming up. We're about to turn up. Um, we're about to turn up while creating boundaries, period. Um, and, you know, I hope. We're, I hope y'all are having a great month. I hope y'all's month was better than mine emotionally. That they them really fucked me up. But that's all right. That's all right. It's okay. It's not right, but it's okay. Um, but I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I know it's very important to stay informed on like news and what's going on. But also like give yourselves a break if you need to. Um, and just practice a little discernment when it comes to, you know, am I going to read this new story before bed that's going to make me mad? Maybe read it later. Don't read it right before bed. Um, but I love y'all. And I hope y'all are doing well. And I hope Leo season is just abundant for all of us. Because we deserve. Um, and I hope y'all get into some of this literature we talked about today. And I hope y'all get into these YouTube videos too. They're very good. I wouldn't have even brought them up if they weren't good. So they're very good. But I'm going to have a bunch of stuff in my show notes. You decide. You pick and choose. You cherry pick which stories you want to read. And, you know, educate yourself. Get your life. Send the articles to your friends. Discuss. Okay? Discuss. And um, have a great Leo season. And I'll be back one day. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>